0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to Kingdom Stories, where we tell stories of hope and power from the lives of everyday Christians just like you and me. It's my hope that these stories encourage you in your walk with the Lord and remind you weekly about how awesome our God is. Hey, everybody. I'm here with my brother, Preston. Preston, you want to say hi? Hey, hello. How's it going? All right. So, Preston, you want to start off by kind of giving us a, some background about where you come from, your childhood, etc. All right, well, thank you, Jesse.
1: Uh, today, I'm uh, 33 years old, and I uh, was born and raised in Stockton, California. I'm the oldest of nine children. My mom and dad had a big family, so <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty, much, that's pretty much it. I had it pretty rough uh, when I was younger, because I was, I was a little runt, dude. I was like the oldest, but I was always tiny, and I was immature. I was like five foot six for a long period of time. I had a big family, so we didn't really get a lot of attention, you know, from my parents because they're always trying to work. We didn't really have a lot of money. So there's me. Uh, I have uh, twins that are right under me, a year younger. There's uh, another brother, Kevin and Antonio, which are younger than them. And there's uh, Kenneth, Isaac, Kavasi, AJ. And uh, so, yeah, we have a pretty big family. But I was always uh, irresponsible, pinky my sister right underneath me was more responsible. So.
0: All right. So you, you had some stories around that time, if you want to start telling those. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: So growing up, uh, out east side Stockton, we spent a lot of time out north of Kelly drive area, but then we, we moved uh, out east. Actually, let's start from out north. Out north. I was a really wild child. Uh, I started picking up the stealing and lying at an early age it's crazy. Like, we used to play Pokemon cards, and I would be stealing from all my friends. Like, just wild. It's <laughs> not, not really a good sight to see. But uh, then I also started lying to my parents, like, like ditching school. And uh, just, I, I had no, like, no real good foundation or no good. I just wasn't making good decisions. And so I remember before we moved out, east, uh, I got caught stealing from uh, Smart Foods on Kelly Drive. And it was me and my brother and I had like $35 in my pocket. And I sold like three cans of confetti, threw it in my backpack. And I was walking out of the store. And I see these two uh, these two gentlemen, big guys, you know, walking towards me and I'm looking like, oh, this is not good. I had that set feeling and he, and he ran and grabbed me and uh, brought me back in the store. And I remember, I'll never forget that day, I got a really good whooping from my mom. But my mom came up there and she's like, my son would never steal, my son would never do this. I'm like, yeah, mom, I wouldn't steal. I mean, just lying, right? And uh, so at the end of the day, we were confused. Like, why was it in your backpack? I was like, I had no hands. I had my rollerblades. I just couldn't carry it. I'm just lying out the craziness, right? So anyways, they let me go. I go home. My mom whoops me. I get a, like a, like a four-minute a four whooping. I don't know if you guys know much about whippings, but in the, in the whooping world, four minutes is like eternity, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. So I was fixed on not uh, stealing and not getting caught stealing again. But I remember one time my grandma came to me and said, Preston, if you don't change your life, you're going to go to hell. And I don't know why it, it struck me. I couldn't like, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was like tormented by the thought of going to hell as a, I was in like the sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, maybe eighth grade, something like that. So that was like my first real uh, taste of God, like in a carnal mindset, you know, uh, immature mindset. Then, um. Moving out east right after that, I was uh, I started ninth ninth grade at Franklin High School, and dude it was it was rough. Being five foot six, ninety five pounds, it was a rough rough uh, freshman. <laughs>
0: you pick picked on a lot. Oh
1: man, well, yes, but I kind of like deserved it because I was like a little a little trash talker. I remember this girl uh let's call her uh Amanda. She, I don't I don't know if she liked me or not, but. She would pick on me all the time, and she was in my first grade class. And I remember one time uh, I was talking about her trying to be tough, and she stood up and she kicked my chair from underneath me. Like, I was still sitting down, and my chair disappeared. <laughs> it was miserable freshman year in high, in high school. So, yeah, then uh, I, got, uh, I got caught up in some more stuff. I started stealing some more, just whatever I could get my hands on to make money off of, you know. I remember one time I have a uh, – a great friend, let's just call him uh, Tony. I have a great friend. Me and him were, like, just bad. We were, like, bad together, but we were, like, brothers uh, out east. And, um, yeah, one day we got into, like, like, trying to rob people, because, you know, everybody was talking about it. We thought it was cool, right? And so, let me remind you, like, I'm, like, five foot 95 pounds, and, like, you know, we think we're tough, you know, and he's about the same size, maybe a little taller. He was also he's a little strong, too, so, but Nevertheless, we're still like kids, you know. So we're like staking out this little bar. We were waiting for people to come out, and this older gentleman comes out. And I, 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 I hate that I was even involved in this, but so we we wait for him to come out. We walk up behind him, and we jump on top of him. Well, actually, he jumped on top of him. I, was, I stood there and I was just staring at the, <laughs> I was in shock. And he's like, dude, are you gonna help me? And I'm like, oh, sorry. So I run over, I, pu- I gently put my le- hand on his leg just like to act like I'm doing something. <laughs> he's like, come on, get his wallet. i was like, uh, oh yeah. And so I remember reaching for his wallet and all of a sudden we hear the screeching of these, cu- these tires. Just, and it was a cop. And so they, they reverse. And so we get, we start running. And told him, like, where the wallet? I was like, oh, it's, it's down there still. So he runs back and gets the wallet and starts taking off running. So we're running and we're like scared. We're like crying. I'm like, oh, I'm like, Lord, oh, help me. I'll never do it again if you help me out of this. You know, the natural cry out that a man does. And so we're running. I remember we hit like this gate and you can see the cop car on the other side of the gate. They're circling the block. We're just, we're just afraid. And so I remember we're in the backyard. We said, as soon as the cop drives by, we're going to run, you know, take off and just run home. And so I remember we saw a cop car drive by and we jumped over the gate and we ran home and dude, and we opened up the wallet and there was nothing. It, it had nothing in there. It was like nothing. I was like, dude, we're risking our lives for nothing. Wow. So then he said, let's do it again. We can do this again tomorrow night. I was like, Oh, uh. said, I want to be tough, but really I was just not about this life. Man. So, So anyways, the next morning, a pastor comes by my house and he, I seen him a couple times in the neighborhood. He he would go to the food bank, and drive around on this flatbed uh, truck, passing out uh, like food, you know, bread, uh, stuff like that, sodas, whatever he got from the food banks. And he hands me a, a kid. I was like, you know, I, I keep I keep saying how small I am, you know. He hands me some protein shake and some candy, and I'm like, dude, like this is awesome, right? So I asked him, can I help him? You know. Go around and pass out things to the community. Say sure, and so I remember that uh, that day was the first day of a long relationship with him. I was with him for the whole summer, just passing out things, painting houses, whatever, making honest money. And uh, sometimes I like to stop and think, like, what would I be if I never met that pastor? You know, even though he'd always talked to me about God, I wasn't really interested. But it was a life-saving uh, moment. I know for a fact.
0: Well, he saved you from getting back into that life with. The guy you called Tony.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, honestly, that was just the beginning of something. You know, me and some friends started drinking in our room, and just it was just not really good. You know, being raised out out east side Stockton, it's just it's you have to be rough, and everybody is putting on this facade like they're tough, like like our image of a a man wasn't really what you would think a man is. Uh, we, you know, I used to think that a man was the guys. And uh with arms, you know who are walk around you know with weapons on them and, and selling drugs, that's what I thought a man was and and that's what we we role modeled after so much. you know these people in our neighborhood that are called men I mean even though I had a dad uh and a mom in the same house, you know uh my stepdad he's he's the only man I know he i mean he did the best he could, but he's always working you know we we rarely got to spend time with him so Yeah, I I would argue if we even knew what a man was. Mm. So real quick uh, transition, I uh, started going to a little Bible study in uh, Eastside Stockton. It kind of, uh, you know, it it soothed that little uh, thing that I had going on with me where I felt like I was going to go to hell, you know, just getting into a Bible study and learning about the Lord. Uh, Then I ended up getting married to my uh, my ex-wife and... uh, I kind of just fell out of the whole church thing. I just wasn't uh wasn't really into it. I had uh two kids after that. But I remember uh I remember sitting in church as a grown man, you know, after I was married. And I was like, dude, I can't wait to get out of church so I can just go do whatever I want to do. This is not really for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it my my walk with God actually, it's crazy. I could see it. Like, like 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 it was yesterday, and so like yeah, I moved out. I moved out to San Jose, and uh, I actually uh, I got into messing around with uh, drugs. I, I was mostly selling them to like a lot of kids at San Jose State and San Jose City College. I hope to yeah, hope they don't come back for me. But now nah, I actually got into like hustling at the at the colleges, and you know it was it was all right. But then I started using drugs, which was terrible. As I, as I started to try to like clean up my life it just got worse and worse like once you mix drugs in with it your your perception of like right and wrong it's just it's it's just messed up mm. but uh i remember uh right before me and my ex wife split up i was uh i was driving to stockton to go pick up some stuff to go sell out here in the, in the schools but uh i was like oh man i really don't want to i really don't want to sell drugs anymore you know i want to try to move on with my life, and so I remember as I was driving to Stockton, I had this bad feeling like, man, I shouldn't do this. And I start I start justifying it and reasoning it in my own heart, like, no, you need the money, you know, it's a lot of money, you know, you need the money. And so when I got there, I just told the guy like, you know, uh, I'm going to change my mind. I'm not going to do this. He was like, all right, whatever. And so as I start driving back, I was just like thinking, like, you know, what, what would God really want me to do? You know, I, I heard about I heard about. Uh, this, there's this pastor who used to come by at the, the park I used to hang out at. And he used to talk about God all the time. And I would make him promise, like, oh, yeah, I'll come by one day. I'll come by. And uh, I, I never really, I never came by. But I, I it put that, it planted the seed in my mind that maybe God wants me to have a better life, you know? Hmm. And so as I was coming back from Stockton, I remember getting pulled over. And I was like, oh, you know, I am speeding, whatever. I wasn't really speeding. I was going like 60, 68 miles an hour. I wasn't even speeding. But I thought maybe I was just speeding, whatever. So he gets me out, pulls me out the car. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, and uh, you got license, whatever. Pulls me out. We're talking, and his partner runs and jumps in my car, starts searching my car, and and I was like in shock, but I I, I kind of felt like whatever's going on, it probably is not legal, and so I don't want to like, I don't want to like make the situation worse. So I just kept my mouth shut. And he's like, yeah, we're all clear, and so he let me get back in my car, and I drove off, and I could not figure out what was going on. And I think maybe that, that, that feeling that I was getting, uh, maybe that had something to do with, you know, what just took place, but I just moved it on, moved on. And, and so, you know, after the situation I told God that I, I just randomly said, Oh, you know, Lord, I'm gonna stop selling pills. <laughs> I don't even know if I knew, I I believed in God, but you know, I hear people talk about God all the time. So it just, it made some sense to me. And so uh, one day I was just trying to figure out like, you know, uh, you know, who is this God, you know? And I started praying like to the God of the universe, like Lord of the universe, if you, if you're real and you want me to serve you, you know, point me in the right direction. You know, I don't want to wake up one day and I'm in hell and, uh, I, I didn't live for you. And so like literally the next day I was, uh, I forgot where I was at, like at the park or something. And some lady was like, you know, do you know, Jesus? you know, Jesus died for your sin. I'm like, yeah, I know Jesus, you know, me I mean, him, cool, you know what I mean? But I, 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 really, I didn't take no second thought at it. And so then I was like, one night is my, in my house and I started, I started kind of reading my Bible just because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And I was praying to the Lord of the universe, like Lord of the universe, you know, I know no one knows you really, you know, if you're real, point me in the right direction. And so then the next day, uh, it, about two days later, I was, like, uh, at a grocery store or something. And some, some guy was like, man, yeah, you know, Jesus changed my life. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, that's cool for you and Jesus. You know what I mean? I, I know Jesus too. we cool. You know, so whatever. And so this last time, which is what kind of got my attention. So a little recap. I was actually living in my car after my divorce. And uh, I would go fishing every night. And I just was trying to piece my life together, whatever I had left of it. And so one night I was, uh, I, I was fishing in Pacifica and, you know, it was, I was catching Dungeness crab and it was actually illegal at the time. Uh, you know, and so, it, cause it was, they were not in season, but, uh, I caught like, man, I caught like dirty Dungeness crab. I mean, <laughs> it was a retarded number of how many crab I caught. And I was, uh, at my, uh, At my ex-wife's house, I was hanging out with the kids and whatever, and I was cleaning the crab, and I was giving them to the neighbors and everything. And so I'm cleaning these crab, and my kids are in the house, and my ex-wife, she's at work or something. And I see this car. Uh, Oh, oh, so in the night on the pier, I was like, Lord of the universe, Lord, I I know you created all of this beautiful, this beautiful water, the stars, the waves, like it's just so perfect. Lord, point me in a direction, because I really don't know where I'm at. I'm lost. And so I was—I—I I had a, maybe like a 20-minute talk with them. I'm just staring out to this beautiful, beautifulness, right? And so the next morning, I get to her house. I'm cleaning these crab, and I see this—this this car, with like—it looked like four white guys driving down this uh, <laughs> this long driveway in the middle of Oakland. Okay, we're like in the middle of Oakland somewhere, off like Bancroft at 90th or something. And I'm looking at that car, like, dude, that don't look good. And I'm looking at these crabs. I should hide them. And so these, these, these four, these two white guys, three white guys and this one Asian guy jump out like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. What's up? You know, I'm trying to ignore this dude. I don't want to start a conversation with him. He was like, hey, uh, you know, are you from around here? You know, you, you know I'm like, uh, like why? You know, I'm, I'm trying to keep it short as possible with this guy. Well, he says, hey, what do you know about God or Jesus? Or he says something. And it was like a trigger. I was like, oh, bro, man, listen. I've been praying to the God of the universe, trying to ask for something. And I think he had to give me this sign and this sign and this sign. And the guy's like, he's like laughing. And uh, so, a long story short, he's like, hey, do you mind for keeping keep in contact with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so, uh, you know, I say bye to these brothers. And I actually have a picture of this on Facebook of these guys. Uh, so anyways, they leave and there's this uh, guy, let's call him Mr. Love. He calls me, like, every other day just to see how I'm doing. And he'd always call me and just say, hey, how are you doing, Preston? And I would just start, like, preaching. I'm like, oh, yeah, I learned this, and I learned this, and I learned this. And he's like, yeah, well, remember what the Bible says. You know, if you, you can have all this, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And so one day, Mr. Love asked, asked me, can he introduce me to, uh, to Ross? And uh, Ross was a guy who actually was, like, a mentor to me. And I remember we met at this uh, cheesesteak little shop and I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like an hour late (laughs) and the guy waited there and he was patiently waiting. And I was like, man, I'm sorry I'm late, man. As if punctuality was something that I had a one-time issue with, I think I was, uh, I was late to everything, right? So I met with Ross and I had this list of questions that I've taken notes on and I was like, hey, so what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And Ross, this guy, he's he's on his toes. He's like, yeah, those are all good, but you want to make sure you focus on Jesus. I'm like, all right. And I asked him another question, like like five more questions. Like, yeah, those are good, and this means this, and this I believe is interpreted like this. But you kind of want to focus on Jesus when you're looking at these, you know? I'm like, all right. And so he said it one more time, and I really got his point. Like, you know, it's about focusing on Christ, you know. And so, uh, and so Ross, uh, it was kind of like a handoff. Mr. Love handed me off to Ross, and uh, that's actually when I met. I met you too, Jesse. I met you at a at a Bible at a uh, Bible study in uh, in Hayward. Ross is the one that told me to, to, to meet up with Matt and go to the Bible study, so I ended up going there and meeting you. It was it was crazy because after meeting you and Ross, uh, we we started doing ministry and stuff like that, and it was funny because if I felt like God was pointing me in this. Right direction. Like, if I could just go over a, a couple of things that, that were going wrong and that were going right. My punctuality sucked. I I would say things that I didn't mean and mean things that I didn't say. Uh, I wasn't a man of my word. I I, I thought a man was how tough you could be and not, you know, how uh, how much you think about a process and you do the right thing. You know, I always valued uh, I think what's called transactional someone who makes decisions based off how they feel or what's more convenient, I thought that was a way to live. But I was, I was quickly learning. I, I wouldn't say quickly. It took me a while to learn these lessons. But yeah, I thought that was a pretty neat how God was pointing me like in, a, in a, a real strong direction of how to be a man. And so as I started hanging out with Ross, I remember he brought me down to LA to this, this huge uh, event. I mean we had like seventy thousand people in the stadium. Wow. It was awesome. Like when you walk into the stadium, you literally felt like crazy intoxicated. You felt drunk. But like there was nothing. We just we had some water and maybe a little coffee, but you felt like you were wasted with like the Holy Spirit. It was like this presence. It wow. was just crazy. And so I remember uh I was like running around talking to everybody. Like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, yeah, I'm from Stockton, where are you guys from? And they're like people from Brazil, people from uh, England, people from all over the place. They come here just to go to this event, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, and so I remember uh, when I got back to Ross, I mean, I, I ran around this whole stadium almost like, it was it was crazy. And I remember I, when I got back to Ross, Ross was like, "Press, why don't you sit down and enjoy it? You know, I was like, I am enjoying it. And so, and uh, th- these two white ladies, they walk up to us and say, hey, how you guys doing? Hey, how are you doing, sir? I'm like, I'm doing fine. She's like, do you need any kind of prayer or anything for maybe like your arm or something? I was like, what? I said, I did blow my shoulder out in like a wrestling match a long time ago. She's like, yeah, let me pray for it. And uh, so she prays for my, my, my arm. She put her hand on my arm. It barely touched me. And I felt like this jump of heat and electricity or something. It was crazy. I was like, what was that? She's like, yeah, you felt that? Said, I felt that too. And so she prayed for my shoulder. My shoulder felt like a like hundred times better. I actually messed up my shoulder in the fight. And, and, and her friend was like, yeah, we were like trying to find you for like an hour or 30 minutes. We were like running around and we felt like we should go this way and go this way. And we didn't know where to go. We were like, God, we can't find them, <laughs> you know. And Ross is dying laughing like they're being sent by the Holy Spirit to find somebody who's not. Who's running all over the place, you know, and so like these little stories of like God doing things are just awesome, like you know, because you don't actually think that God really works or does things today, you know, at least I really didn't. And so yeah, uh, man. So just looking at wh- where I came from and looking at where God has been moving me, it's really a truly really a blessing.
0: Where would you say you are now, and how would you say God's helped you get there?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. I think one of the biggest things that that that, uh, that comes to my mind is that after my divorce, I actually was kind of afraid of commitment and afraid of like stability, being stable. And uh, I lived in my car for about two years, maybe three years. And I was comfortable living in my car because there was no commitment. You know, uh, I wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't have to do anything, you know, that I didn't want to. But then I had a friend, uh, let's just call him uh, uh, Jesse, <laughs> who would uh, always try to get me to move. I'm like, hey, Preston, you, know, you need to be stable. You need a roof over your head. And I remember one time I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then I like, backed out at the last minute. That was like, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And then like six months later, like, hey, you know, we got a room available if you want to. You know, It's pretty cheap. And I decided to do it. And uh, I remember when I moved in, I was like, you know, if anything goes wrong, I'm just going to move out. You know, I'm always giving myself this out out run away run away and then when i got here and we started having bible study and doing ministry it was like the greatest place i could ever be (laughs) like and so god you know he gave me stability uh one of the biggest issues that i had i think was my punctuality i mean i'm sure you and uh ross can talk about my punctuality a lot i could but i won't oh thank you thank you for sparing me jesse i appreciate that dude like I was, uh, I was jumping from job to job. I couldn't be on time to do a job. I would work for a couple of months and I'd move on. I mean, a couple of months, is it. that's actually being generous. I'd work for, you know, a couple of weeks at a temp agency and I'd move to the next job. After, after, after dealing with Ross, and Ross, he's, 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 he's a strong person to deal with about my punctuality. He kept emphasizing how important it is to respect others' time. And I'm like, what do you mean others' time? It's me. He says, well, if you're not going to do something, just say no. And if you're going to do it, just say yes. And let your yes be yes. And I was like, all right. And and knowing how in, in inconsistent I am, you know, now I see that, okay, if I can't do it, I just can't do it. You know, it's not the end of the world. And if I can, it is better to do what I said I'm going to do than not do it. And so I think God, through introducing me to you and Ross, that is one of the most things. One of the best things that I've learned. One of the best. On top of being stable, I've, I've been at my job for about a year now at a San Francisco Chronicle and love the job. Benefits. I didn't know you had benefits. You got to <laughs> work long enough to have benefits, you know?
0: You got the medical and the 401k? Oh yeah.
1: Or? oh, yeah. I got a little 401k going and medical and everything. Yeah, it's a blessing that God has allowed me to have a, a mindset to want to be stable not just being stable, it's, you got to want it
0: so i'm 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 looking at the journey here right so mm-hmm. you started out pushing pills right you were living a crazy life and then god came into your life and now here you are holding down a job you know you're taking care of your kids i know you you had some issues with you know, with your kids in the past i don't know if you want to touch on that mm-hmm. at all oh yeah don't mind
1: when I first got married, I looked at my family like they were a curse. I was like, oh, man, I got kids. I mean, I love my ex-wife, and I just wanted to be with her. But she was eager to start a family, which I wasn't really. And so I, was, I never really spent time with my kids. They would actually go to the park, and I'm like, I don't want to go to the park. I'm sit here and just, you know, do nothing. And so once I, like, started seeking after God, I, heard, I read the scripture that said a man that does not take care of his children is, like, worse than an infidel and denied the gospel. That means I couldn't be a Christian if I didn't take care of my children. You know, I was like, all right, well, I got to start spending time with my kids. But I didn't know how to be a dad because obviously, you know, like my dad was always working and, you know, and so. But I remember, I remember as a child, me and my dad always went fishing, always. Like I'm the oldest out of all the kids, and no one else wanted to go fishing with my dad. He'd be out until nighttime, right? Well, I had lots of perks, you know, on school nights. I could step to midnight fishing with my dad, you know. To a kid, that's like, you know, that's gold. So when I uh, started talking to my ex-wife to start picking up my kids, I was like, oh, I'm just going to take them fishing, you know? And so I started taking my kids fishing. And, dude, that, that was like the beginning of the father and uh, kids bonding time. Like mm. now me and my kids, we go hiking at Mission Peak. We go to Reno, go to the snow. We go uh, sledding. We do all kinds of stuff. But it all started with just being in my kid's life. So I really believe that God gave my kids a father and not just a dad.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. Just kind of watching how God changed you to really love your kids, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for that.
0: So what would you say to people in your situation or to your past self in that way? Like if you were talking to someone who was in your situation back before God changed you.
1: Yeah, I would, uh, well, first and foremost, you got to want the mindset because I've talked to people and I've tried to pour into them and, but they don't want to change. And I think that's kind of how Jesus felt when he, when he ran to the guy uh, by the poolside, he's like, do you want to be healed? Hmm. You know, cause he's talking to life right there. He's talking to God. And if he says no, then, you know, God's not going to take his will away from him. But if you, if I meet somebody who really wants to change, dude, the change is there. His name is Christ. Like it's real. It was a long road, but, dude, I wouldn't change it for anything. I can drive. I'm legit. I don't have to look over my shoulder. Like, it's a great lifestyle. And I'm not talking about the one I had before, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, I would really, if I could do anything differently, I would, I would seek God a lot sooner. I would really. I probably could have saved my marriage. I probably could have. I could that, that time, I wasted that five or six years. I was not in my kid's life. I could have been there. You know, and now I feel like I'm playing catch up, but now we have a great relationship. I just, I, I love where God has brought me from.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Preston. It's, it's been great to, to hear you tell your story. I think it'll resonate with a lot of people.
1: Yes. And, uh, yeah, I really do hope that people see how important Christ is, man. Cause man, I was, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome feeling. All
0: right. Thank you, sir.
1: All right, no problem, Jesse, and thank you for having me
0: on. If you like the story today, please don't hesitate to spread the love. Share it, like it, and subscribe to hear more. If you want to share a story from your life about an encounter with God, please don't hesitate to email me at jesse at newawakeningministries.org. Stay safe, and remember, the kingdom is among us.